Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're learning about the tarot with our guest, Mercy Me Tarot. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships, and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Hello, Megan! Good morning, Steffi. I know, it is morning. I am just still not used to recording in like the middle of the day. It is, it is delightful. I... My brain is firing. I'm like having my tea. It's a whole thing. We're like free flowing, wheeling, dealing. Like, I know. No, like, what is this life? We've got a vibe now. I know we do have a vibe. Uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of vibes, uh, we found a book that fits with our vibe. Um, and we thought that we would do a little bit of a book club. So before we head into our regularly scheduled programming, um, we thought we would tell you about this book so that if you guys want to read along with us, uh, you can. Uh, the book is called Tired as Fuck, Burnout of the Hands of Diet, Self-Help, and Hustle Culture, and is by Caroline Dooner. She's the author of The Fuck It Diet. Um, so... We're going to each read this book. We each have a copy we bought at our local independent bookstore. Highly encourage you to check that out as well. Uh, and we're going to read it. And in a few weeks, we're going to have an episode to talk about it. Yes, I'm excited. I already started reading it. Did you start reading it? Uh, I'm a couple chapters in, but I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I had taken a couple puffs off of my um, uh, pen. So I was slightly high when I read the first two <laughs> chapters um so I may have to go back and look again although I did have some stuff noted so apparently I was at least mostly in my brain um but yes it is a very I think it'll be a pretty quick read the the font is like pretty big um the chapters are really short um she's a pretty entertaining writer um so I think it'll be a really good read I'm excited to finish it um and excited to chat about it with you yeah, me too. I already, I like got out my highlighter and my little flags and... I can't find my post-it flags because my toddler ran off with them. So I just had to settle for my, for a pen. But um, if I ever find my post-it flags again or buy more, I will use my post-it flags. I probably have 5,000 post-its <laughs> at my house if you are lacking. <laughs> she like literally legitimately like took them off my nightstand one day and then there was just post-it flags on her, on the stairs, on oh, yeah. Pooh Bear. They, there was like one hanging on to her when we got to daycare and they were like, this is a post-it flag on your child. And I was like, don't ask questions. It's just easier I to mean, not ask. I mean, honestly, it's better than like a sheet of stickers because post-its come off. Oh, this is true. So let her, let her go to this town with those post-it flags. I know. She got some stickers in one of her like Valentine's Day goodie bags and uh, I haven't like shown her that they are stickers yet because I'm like oh god stickers <sighs> anyway. just wait till you get like little uh stamp favors oh god yeah stamps everywhere 
everywhere. Mostly on her body, probably. But I mean, as long as they're mostly on her body, like, mm, okay. But yeah, I... <laughs> anyway, so you guys can go pick up this a copy of this book. Um, it's probably on Kindle. I have not looked, to be honest with you. I would imagine it's probably available on Kindle. Um, you could get it at your library. Um, you can check with your independent bookstore and ask them if they can order it for you. That's what we did just took a couple days to come in. Um, so run, pick it up and we will chat about it sometime in March. Yeah. The end of the month. End of the month. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to tell you a date cause then we're beholden to the date, but <laughs> also we would have to like open up that tab and we are not that uh, organized. It's too lazy. Sometimes. Not going to do that. So <laughs> in a few weeks we will chat about that book together. So Yay. enjoy. Uh, but this week we you know, we consider ourselves like slightly witchy in spirit. We've talked about this before, but not necessarily in practice. And we know we're not the only ones, especially as we've seen a rise in astrology and crystals and tarot. We wanted to learn more. So this week we are talking to Mercy Me Tarot, who runs her own tarot reading practice. Welcome. Hello, ladies. Hello, beautiful souls, fellow witchy women. Thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me on the pod. I'm really actually excited to talk to you today about all things tarot and divination. We are excited to have you here. Please tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit about yourself. Yes, yeah, so my name is Mercedes, or I'm better known in the spiritual community as Mercy Me Tarot. Um, I'm a psychic medium and tarot reader and essentially channel energy to provide guidance throughout the spiritual journey. So, you know, in layman's terms, essentially I've always uh, felt the ability to connect to people's energy. And even when I was a kid, I could sort of sense even what people's feelings were, understand their feelings, their desires, their motivations. And I still use that same practice and, and connect to the divine or source to provide my clients guidance in the form of channel readings and coaching. Love it. So first things first, just what is the tarot? <laughs> what is tarot just in general? First question right out the gate. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, readers, like you got to start out from the basics. That's true. That's true. Well, um, I would say in simple terms, sort of in layman's terms, um, tarot provides basically a storybook. Um, that's how I describe it to my clients. It's like a storybook for your soul's journey. Um, and for me, what I always recommend it to be used for is as a tool for self-discovery and, and sort of discovery of the world around you, um, including this larger spiritual realm. Um, and it helps you to connect to your inner guidance uh, source, which is sort of the spiritual realm. And all the energies you're connected to. So that's past life energy, current life energy, ancestral energy. And, you know, it can be used as a tool to provide answers to aid in like really important decision making uh, or just, you know, living a purpose driven life. So um, big weighty task there. Uh, but in terms of the actual tarot cards themselves, um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with them or if either you have a tarot deck or if you've seen a tarot deck. Uh, I have. I do not have one, but I, I have a friend that has one, actually. Ooh, okay. A gateway friend who'd introduce you to the tarot. <laughs> so they were actually invented in uh, around the 1400s. Um, and they weren't really used widespread for like divination or sort of like witchiness until the 1700s. Um, and the tarot itself has 78 cards. And essentially it has imagery and a symbolism and a story on each card. So if you look at each card, you could sort of see a, an image, a number, um, sometimes sort of a, a, a name. And it's separated into two categories. So it's separated into the major arcana, which are like big, pivotal, cataclysmic moments. So karmic and spiritual lessons. 
And then the minor arcana cards, so 56 of those cards that are like sort of day-to-day, like trials, tribulations, things that you experience on like an ongoing basis. Um, and then outside of that, the minor arcana also has suits. So you might actually be familiar because the suits align with the astrological elements. So you have the wand suits, which are fire energy. So Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius um, of the Zodiac. And the fiery cards are like passion, energy, creativity, sort of eroticism. And then, which is like a nice way of saying sexuality. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then cups or water energy, which is Pisces, Cancer, or Scorpio. So this is like love, emotions, feelings, and intuition as well. Um, and then the Sorge energy, which is air energy, so Aquarius, Libra, and Gemini. And that's sort of intellectualism representing thoughts, uh, even actions or words. And then lastly is that Pentacles energy, which is earth energy, uh, Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn. And that rep- recognizes or represents uh, the material world, so things that are tangible and often can be really helpful in reading to provide guidance on finance, uh, career paths, or even like material possessions. Um, and then the, the way that most people get into tarot, it's, be, it's because it's connected to astrology in, in the sense that um, both the suits align and then the minor and major arcana align directly to the zodiac signs and they share a similar meaning. Um, often people are introduced by connecting first to the qualities of their sun sign. So I'm not sure if you ladies have done your full birth chart or if, or if you have your sun sign or if you or if you know if there's anything beyond a sun sign. Um, but that's sort of the gateway to self-discovery. Um, often when, you know, those find they're reaching a limitation with looking at like their daily horoscope, um, they'll reach, they'll look to something such as tarot to sort of get more insight and just providing you insight into something that we call in the tarot community, our path of highest good, which is sort of where we're learning, growing, uh, and aligning to what we define as our soul's purpose. And we, we do have our full like charts because we both Whoa. Have, we both have well because we both have the cosine app oh my co-star. co-star co-star whatever co-star. not sponsored <laughs> you, why aren't you sponsoring us co-star but yes <laughs> uh, i mean i'm not gonna lie most of the time we use it to look at what the daily do's and don'ts are because they're so freaking weird um but in order to do that we we did have to put in our like our chart whatever oh i'm so. curious i'm curious what your what your sun signs are i would love to I uh, should guess, but I don't, is, I don't know. Mine is Sagittarius. Okay, that tracks. <laughs> so I I don't know enough about Megan to say if that tracks or not. I know Steffi. Trust me, it tracks. Taurus very definitely <laughs> tracks. But the interesting thing about Steffi is that I feel like Sagittarius does not track aside from the fire part of it. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I don't like, know. Well, it, my, so my, I don't even, I'm never sure how to like properly say this, but like my, my rising sign is Scorpio and I definitely have a lot Mm -hmm. of things with Scorpio that I, like there's like a couple things with Sagittarius. I'm like, okay, yeah. But then there's a lot of stuff with Scorpio where I'm like, that makes a little bit more sense. So I feel like I'm a little bit of a mix. Well, they say that your ascendant sign or your rising sign as you describe is who you're most prominently for about the first 25 to 30 years of your life. And it's who you present to sort of the external world. So if your Scorpio is your rising, I definitely get big Scorpio energy from you for sure, um, which is like someone who's who has an intensity and there's a passion and there's there's sort of a depth of being able to connect emotionally and and you know I think you carry a lot of those traits, but the Sun sign is essentially your path of what will at least which is what is proposed to be your path of highest fulfillment. So you know I think Sagittarian energy is actually an it's. It's of the fire signs. I don't want to this sounds horrible. It's the most tolerable in the sense where 
most balanced. It's the most balanced. Yes, it has like the fire, but it also has the ability to to not sort of uh, to connect and sort of to pause and to have more you know fulfilling and intimate emotional exchanges. But I think the other fire signs are a little bit more um, focused on their own journeys. Where Sagittarius, in, in many cases, is actually great at at being sort of even like a, a relationship builder um, and, and a collaborator. So I, I see that energy as well. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> So, okay, so so I really love that you said that it's like a storybook. Uh, that's yeah. really, that's a really interesting way to think about it. Um, and, uh, side question. Yeah. So with tarot decks, are they all the same? Like, do they all have the same things on, like all the cards, no matter what tarot deck you get, are they all going to have the same things on them? So that's a great question. Um, they actually are not. Um, they, so... If you ever, if you begin the process, I actually began the process to get into tarot, not even in necessarily within a tarot deck, but when I started reading um, Carl Jung, and he has a book called Archetypes in the Collective Unconscious, and it's this theory about essentially uh, yeah, that your subconscious, these images exist to create and provide context and meaning to experiences. And tarot essentially does that. It's sort of this blueprint through images and symbolism, thematic expression to sort of connect you to yourself and then connect you to this larger collective but not all imagery is the same and and the original tarot deck if you're sort of starting out the gateway tarot deck is the rider weight tarot deck that's uh, really sort of the preeminent and it's in since it's now it's it was launched in the 1900s or was first developed in the 1900s um, but is now commonly used by most tarot readers and that's basically the baseline so that tarot deck is what many tarot decks are you know iteratively developed based on but most have um whether it's a a unique theme um some represent certain cultures uh because tarot and divination is is also rooted culturally in different ways such as for instance um like santa muerte which is sort of the latin american expression of, of of sort of divination um you'll see decks like the santa muerte tarot deck uh, by Fabio Lestrato, where he actually shows some of sort of the cultural representations from the perspective of sort of, you know, the Latin American culture and how it translates through tarot. Um, there are many different, you know, there's decks that are anything from something a little bit more, um, something heavier or more culturally rooted to something fun and silly. Like I, one of my favorite decks is a RuPaul's Drag Race deck, which is like... <laughs> How could I combine two of my favorite things more adeptly? I cannot think of another way. Um, Love it. But there's all different tarot decks. So, and some tarot decks are, to your question originally, like to answer more directly, are an exact representation of those, the same number of cards, like major arcana, minor arcana, the three lines, the the suits, everything aligns up directly. And then others are, um, they have their own spin on it. I have another deck that's sort of an LGBTQ2SA friendly deck, and they have four times the amount of lovers cards and they're all same sex. <laughs> so it really depends on the tarot deck. Um, and it, and whatever deck that you connect with is the right deck for you. So the, for me, I never say, you know, even though the rider weight is the easiest to learn from, cause you'll see it referenced most commonly. Um, it really should be just a deck that you feel aligned to, that you feel connected to and drawn to that you start with. If you're, if you're looking to begin and learn tarot. So you started to touch on this a little bit, but how did you get into tarot reading? So it's, uh, I, I think my journey is probably somewhat similar to the journey of, of sort of others in the spiritualist community. I mentioned earlier Carl Jung, who's the Swiss psychiatrist. That was my entryway point into it. I think often we start in the world of like traditional psychology and then it's, it's 
it doesn't quite scratch the itch. We sort of discover more about ourselves, but we want to better understand how we're connected to ourselves and sort of the world as collective consciousness. And once I discovered his writings, but then discovered tarot um, in parallel path, it really felt like a, an epiphany for me. It was like this, this light bulb went off. I now had this blueprint essentially that could really provide context to what I was going through and what others were going through as part of this larger soul's journey of, of alignment with self. And, you know, that same tarot deck I referenced, the Rider Waite deck, I spent about a year or so learning uh, before I launched my own Instagram account and started breeding for clients. And I've read for about 300 clients, just over 300 clients, and really have now evolved my style over time, which is fairly common um, to be more sort of longer term journey support and coaching. But it's been just a labor of love. And, and I've connected to so many amazing soul warriors throughout this journey. And it's just been this alignment of the process of self-discovery with this process of learning tarot and, and just being, becoming engaged with this community. Um, I, so both of you mentioned that you have an interest in tarot. Uh, have you ever explored it personally? No. No, I have done, um, I've had an intuitive reading done um, before, oh. but that is the only time that I've like really dived into any, any of it, really. Other than like when we were in North Carolina and we were in this like kind of witchy store and we were both like, this is so interesting, but we have no idea what we're doing. Uh, crystals, okay, these seem, okay. You're like, show me to the soft witch section, please. Exactly, I <laughs> Diet witch, please. Well, yeah. uh, do either of you both have an interest in tarot? Is something that, that interests you, it, it excites you? Like what what appeals you about it if it does or doesn't <laughs> to that to that note. I mean, I think I'm just curious about it, mm -hmm. but there's no like one thing that really like draws me toward it, I think. Interesting. Cause like, it's the same thing with like astrology in general. Like I'm just kind of curious about what it all means, I guess, in terms of the way, like I don't necessarily use astrology to help guide my life or anything, but I do think it helps in with certain insights. Interesting. Yeah, this, the way that um, astrology as well is, it works, it, if you look at the different schools of astrology, there's Vedic astrology, which um, tends to be a little bit more prescriptive in terms of like your birth chart is your North Star and look at it now and 90 years from now, this will predictively come true. And then uh, tropical astrology, um, which is a little bit more, I don't want to say flexible, but it allows you to sort of evolve and change over time as we do. And I find that to be, um, you know, a, a school of astrology that, that is more applicable to most of my clients and just overall applicable to us because we do we do change over time. And and you want to be able to have the ability to be empowered to make changes and not feel that no matter what actions you take, the decisions have already been made for you and you're sort of slated to live one set type of life. You know, that wouldn't be very fun. So, yeah, and I because I am like. I'm kind of, I'm a little on the skeptical side about astrology, but mm -hmm. when it comes, like, I very much believe in the spiritual realm, which I think mm -hmm. is sort of a natural extension and, like, growth from being raised in the church. Um, mm. And it's interesting because when I, when I did that intuitive reading, I was probably a couple years ago now, um, she was like, I sense, like, this, like, you are very, like, in touch with uh, your, like, I, I don't even remember the words that she used, but I, you have actually, like, when, when we, you and I have talked before, you kind of, like, 
alluded to it too of like you are very in tune to like en- the energies around you and like yeah. tapped into that kind of stuff and it was it was interesting because it's like something I'd never really thought about before but I was like I guess I kind of am actually um so I, you know I'm I don't know it's just it's very interesting to me and I always like learning about things anyway so um yeah that's sort of where my interest has has been with it well that's generally where it starts there's an awareness that you are more connected to the energies around you um than you had pre- previously thought and you start to feel that you're very receptive that you're some type of uh, conduit um and you can use that for good and i think and you and i yes we've soft touched talking about this in environments in which we couldn't go into more depth but um the the opportunity there is i mean that you can use this 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 gift that you have for really feeling depth which is really the core of everything if you have the ability to really feel depth it means that you can feel depth from others and transmute that into being able to provide people support intuitively and you know like you had mentioned that this this reader had shared that you had this um this depth of of having these like deep emotions and ability to really you know emotionally connect with others in a way that's intimate that's basically the that's the baseline of everything that i do and and what most spiritualists do it's it's just connecting to energy and um energy is governs all of our lives so um whether someone's skeptical or not i I always welcome someone to just discover you know how they're feeling and if they're having a really amazing day and they're feeling like they're in a great mood and they leave the house and they're and this is this is not a biopic of myself but sometimes i do do this you know just smiling and waving at everyone and you know high-fiving people down the street and just appreciating small moments and that energy impact that positive energy translates in many cases to really just you know looking back and being like wow what an amazing day i had you know i really things just seem to work out for me and just becoming aware the recognition that that you have that within your control and that you could also use that to support others is you know sort of the the foundation of of what i do like i mentioned earlier cool That's we're going to the deep we're going we're yeah. getting deep quick <laughs> <We're> <laughs> dive awesome. in ladies dive in <laughs> so, over the past i don't know like eight, maybe eight years i'm not sure i feel like interest in tarot has been growing and i actually know a number of people who do tarot readings now and i'm wondering if you have any insight on why you think it feels like it's gotten more popular oh for sure i think um well at a at a foundational level i think it comes back to the initial question about you know the search for meaning and purpose which isn't a new quest um for humankind or or soul kind but it's been amplified definitely and compounded by this pandemic post-pandemic reality Um, because we've all become innately aware of the importance of enjoying the present and living a purposeful life and just given the volatility of the world that we live in and the ever-changing nature of the world um we're all sort of seeking answers, seeking insight, and wanting to just ensure that we're creating the impact that we want to create in this lifetime. Um, I also think the gateway drug is, as I mentioned earlier, is usually astrology. I should probably think of a, of a better terminology for that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, get into it. Um, it's usually astrology, and it's when someone, like I said, is feeling like they're not getting the depth of perspective they need from the horoscope, which has evolved a lot since like the newspaper horoscope of like it will rain today and that won't be good for you to now being a little bit more instructive. Um, and often, you know, the steps someone one takes is they'll first understand what their sun sign is. They'll start to sort of look at their daily horoscope and then 
prospectively to what you two have explored, which is your natal chart. Um, and when that sort of reaches a ceiling and they're not really getting the answers they seek, they'll look to answers from spiritualists or even, you know, through themselves, through things like tarot, runes, um, pendulum or energy channeling or other forms of divination. So I think it's really been like the pandemic compounding what was already a collective that was seeking insight as to how to live sort of a more purpose driven life. And then, of course, from a demographic standpoint, the younger the younger generation, <laughs> which I can say now because it, it was my birthday recently. So I now I can go kids these days. But um, <laughs> the younger generation are like Gen Z in particular are very much purpose impact driven. Like so I think it's really just amplifying what was already like a WTF is happening to us environment. Younger generations seeking uh, more purpose and meaning. Um, baby boomers saying I better figure out what my kids are doing. And then also, you know, just that like evolution from astrology as that sort of entry point. So what misconceptions do people have about tarot? I think there's a there's a lot of them. I think, um, you know, this is probably shared pretty widely. I would say that most people think that tarot is just about like predicting the future. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and tarot actually, it provides a lens into the future outcome, but it's based on the current energy. So what I would say to my clients and what I share on my Instagram account and my TikTok um, is that it's about, you know, not focusing on like this fixed predictive outcome as because that's connected to the current energy. So for instance, if someone says, you know, will I get a promotion at my job? And every day up until that point, they've been diligent and turning in projects and, and you know, ahead of deadlines and they've gotten these amazing reviews and the reading says, yes, you will get a, you know, you will get a promotion in three to six months. And from then on, they're like, you know what? I think I'll just t take it easy for a while and decide, you know, not to have to work or miss deadlines. You know, that's going to change the energy and it'll shift the outcome. So um, there's a need to use tarot as a guideline for self-discovery, mastery, healing, improvement, and growth, taking the opportunities and the advice that are provided um, by, by your guides, by connection to source, as well as connection to your inner guidance, uh, as opposed to it being sort of a fortune telling tool. Um, I also recommend to my clients that they use it as a tool to build their own intuition. You know, you, you want to, in many cases, just receive a confirmation of, of insight that you do have deep within, if you're able to really harness and leverage those answers. Um, you know, all of my clients and, and you two ladies as well have the ability to connect to source energy. So you can, you can gain those insights as well without myself as a conduit. And what I really, you know, seek to do is help strengthen that connection so others can sort of have a self-study and, and be able to gain that insight on an ongoing basis without having to always seek support of a spiritualist. Of course, I do, I'm, I'm happy and honored to support those along their journey, but I want to help them um, gain that own ability as well. And then I would say there's one other that's pretty common there. Many people are afraid of certain tarot cards. So I don't, I don't know. Do either of you, have you heard any of any of the names of tarot cards? That's, that's maybe I, a I good question. I mean, some question. of them are kind yeah. of intense. Like, isn't there one that's like the hanged man or something? Oh yes. The hanged man. That's one <laughs> um, that has a not so, not so positive reputation. There's also one called death, which uh, yeah, literally <laughs> I just mean, death. That's a real, that's a real lighter. <laughs> so, that's an upper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. can't wait hope to get that in my reading today so there's um there's death which is like hard stop intense and then there's things like the ten of swords or the three of swords it's like no one wants ten swords i don't want no i don't need ten swords in my life but 
Um, if you actually look into the meanings of cards like this, even though they have this like sort of stigma or bad reputation, um, the death card, for instance, is a signification of both like endings, um, but also transformation and transition. And, and this card actually represents for me more of like a fear of change or endings than the actual change itself. So, you know, what I always try to recommend is just better understand again what the advice that's being given is from spirit. And for the death card, one of the greatest lessons that it relates to for me is one about impermanence. So the importance of not really defining the value of anything. So person, place, object based on its longevity, as that tends to actually detach you from the present experience with it. And then when you fear that you're losing it, it, it you know, it, that it'll change. It's, it really just sacrifices your enjoyment in the present. So the death card really just encourages us to welcome um, the fact that everything is cyclical, like everything that exists is cyclical. And to not only enjoy them more presently now, but accept that if you just, you know, allow yourself to, you know, be aware of that if you make space for the new or regenerate or revive, like in order to manifest that other things have to end, you know, that's just, mm -hmm. you know, the reality. I mean, that's, it's still a heavy message, but in many ways it can also be positive. It can be the end of bad habits, um, you know, uh, 3 a.m., pizza snack i mean that's that's a good habit never mind take that one back um, <laughs> you know relationships that are not healthy for you limiting beliefs or you know right. i don't know about the two of you you know if you sometimes very early on we develop these things that we say about ourselves, and you know th those are what we call either limiting beliefs or like narratives and mm -hmm. they could be something as little as like oh you know like i just don't look in something more what you consider more superficial like i don't look good in pictures i'm not photogenic or um I'm just too loud or, 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 you know, maybe like my feelings are too heavy. I'm too emotional. Like, and I hear these from my clients, these things that they've been saying to themselves since childhood and the death card, even the 10 of swords, these are cards that encourage one to say, you know, I don't want to tell that story about myself anymore. I, that, that doesn't fit me anymore. I want to clear that from my energy because I think it's actually, you know, um, preventing me from being able to have this unobstructed connection with what is really the truest version of myself, which is like this healed uh, whole version of self. So, you know, th there's that negative interpretation of those cards. The hangman is also seen as negative, but the hangman is really just about like pulling back your energy and looking at things from a completely different perspective, but only doing that because you've suspended yourself from connecting to things that maybe are distracting you from having that perspective. Although when you hear hangman, you're like, oh, it's over. It's, it's over. Here comes, here comes the death march. But no, it's, it's actually, it's quite a beautiful, soulful message. But, you know, when you first sort of read it on the face, um, it can feel ominous. So I always recommend don't like read the name of the card and think, you know, it's over. Once this tarot reading is done, I should just give in to my fate. I mean, it's always, sometimes those major arcana cards like the death and the hangman, um, are actually so amazing to get in a reading because they actually signify that you're going through something that's powerful, that you have this like powerful spiritual experience that you're undergoing. And in that, ex that spiritual experience, it's like you get to really um, connect to things that are, you know, maybe beyond anything you ever felt that you would connect to. And just again, become that truest version of yourself because you're growing and you're changing. So um, yes, I definitely, I, I don't, not everybody has to become a tarot expert and, and know all the meanings of the cards and have all this background, but don't necessarily see a card like that and go, uh-oh, <laughs> this is this is the last tarot reading I'll have. Just know that there's a deeper meaning. <laughs> the way you describe the cards is like so, it sounds so healing. Yeah, mm -hmm. it really does. Yes. 
Uh, well, I I think for me that's the challenge when I first started reading tarot was that I saw a lot of readers, and again, no disparagement to any fellow readers or spiritualists. There's space for all of us in the larger community, but what I found disheartening is that it was all about quick fixes or answers that were about external realities. So, you know, readings on whether or not person had, you know, how person feels um, in, you know, in, in terms of a divine partner or relationship or whether something was going to change, but it, it was disempowering to the individuals getting the reading. And for me, what I would love to use this tool for, and what I, what I try to use it for with my clients is giving them the power to be a self healer and to really connect to this most authentic version of themselves. And if you're able to first and foremost, discover yourself through self exploration and then move through this process of self acceptance. So I've discovered myself. <laughs> maybe you don't like everything you find. Maybe you do, but moving to this place of self acceptance, we're like, I absolutely love these things about myself and those narratives or things I said about myself prior. Those do not, you know, they don't deserve a place in this journey anymore. They're getting kicked off the bus. So then you move to this place of self-acceptance, which is so joyful. And then beyond acceptance, which still kind of feels obligatory, like, oh, I just accept it. Then moving into this place where you're really celebrating yourself, you know, and I try to, to bring my clients along that journey with me because it's really, it will allow you to have the most meaningful life, just figuring out who you are at your core, what's sort of unique and special about you, um, how you connect with others, really, because this is a journey that's interdependent. We're all connected to each other energetically. And then coming to not only terms with who you are, but really like appreciating and celebrating your unique gifts because we are all so unique and we have so much to offer the world and the spiritual realm. And I think, you know, once we can get to the point of, you know, addressing some of these things that need to be healed. So to your point on sort of healing, you know, the the healing, the shadow side that's described in the spiritual community is things that are unhealed that are within us, um, within our subconscious, that for me always obstruct someone's ability to be the truest version of themselves because those wounds often create things such as fears. And when we're in a state of fear, um, we cannot really have our hearts open to love. And, you know, often we fear not having enough, not being enough, um, that things won't get better. And you know, we'll, we'll stay in the state of not being able to be receptive to things that are really beautiful in our lives um, and not be able to be this true version of ourselves because we're really in this more fearful based state. So I encourage, you know, anybody who's just starting out in tarot or just exploring the spiritual world, first really start with what's within you, um, discovering yourself, including things that may be existing, you know, from this lifetime or, or past lives. Not sure if you ladies... Um, how, um, how into the deep, how witchy you get and in terms of your belief of past lives. But I always encourage someone to really just dive deep into it and, and, you know, figure out who you are. And I think one of my favorite quotes is a really beautiful quote. Um, for me, I'm someone intersectional. I, 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 I love art. I love music. I love tarot. Um, uh, but where there's a quote from Pablo Picasso, which is why I brought up art. It talks about sort of the meaning of life and it's really about finding your gift, but the purpose of life is really giving that gift away. So mm -hmm. discovering who you are, discovering what you have to offer, your sort of unique um, sort of gift and, and how beautiful that is. And then really expressing that in a way that feels authentic to you is, is probably one of the most fulfilling ways that we can sort of achieve 
what source sets out for us or, or sort of what our, our path of highest good would ask us to do. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you said that people think that tarot is just like, you're fortune telling, like, this is what's yeah. going to happen. Where And it feels yeah. like it's much more, um, sort of more about, like, unlocking, helping you unlock and discover the possibilities. Like, what are the possibilities for yourself and your, like, what you could be and what you could do more than, like, here's what's going to happen. Like, here is what your, what the possibilities of all that you have within you. Absolutely. I love that, that way it's the way you describe that. And I think the reason that that is much more empowering is that possibilities is you choosing, um, the life that, that, that you want to create as opposed to this predictive outcome of here is prescriptively what happens when you're 50, you know, you'll, you'll marry this person, you'll live at this place for this many years and you'll end up at this retirement home and, you know, It'll be great, but they only do piano on Thursday. It's like that prescriptive <laughs> life that's set out. It's like, you know, everything is ever changing and evolving. And when you talk about possibilities, there's room for imagination. There's room for dreaming. There's room for the individual creating that through their ability to impact their own energy. Um, and that's really the, the, the base of everything is allowing your ability to manage your own energy, your own vibration, um, which is essentially keeping yourself at, at, at sort of a, a level of equilibrium that will give you the ability to manifest um, what you're seeking within this lifetime and, and, and create something as opposed to something sort of happening to you, um, which is one of my favorite, you know, another sort of favorite spiritual lesson I've learned is about really welcoming things as they're happening for you as opposed to to you. You know, when we think of things that are happening on our behalf, it just even that slight shift in the language allows us to feel that this that we're being universally supported and that everything is for our highest good um, and and also to seek the lessons in the things that are happening um, for us so I, I definitely agree I think that the the idea of sort of possibilities is a great way to frame it because it prevents it from being sort of like this like per, predictive tool and it actually provides an empowerment to the individual who's actually getting the reading um, as opposed to sort of giving all of the power to a spiritualist, which really for me, I'm, you know, um, I, I'm all for democratization of power in all forms. So <laughs> yeah. without actually like, you know, doing a reading for us right now, can you <laughs> kind of like walk us through what a typical reading is like, like what the steps are? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so both of you, have you ever, just in terms of a little bit of background, have you ever requested a tarot reading have you ever looked at your daily horoscope so tell me how far i know Steffi, you've had an intuitive reading megan like how far have you gotten into it have you ever looked beyond your horoscope your birth chart um just to sort of so i know sort of where what you've immersed uh, no. yourself in up to this point i have not really like done any of that <laughs> got it okay and do you and you believe in the power of sort of maintaining a level of sort of energy balance or do or is that something that you that you've just started to learn about as part of like your exploratory process um i would say yes <laughs> okay so so that's generally how i start the reading so prior to the reading i essentially clear my energy and then cleanse the energy of the space so i use sage or palo santo and in the spiritual community um or sort of in spiritual practice we take a lot of 
of you know our our, our rituals from um, indigenous rituals um, but of course you know giving credit to sort of the indigenous origination of those rituals um, Palo Santo is another is you know sage in Palo Santo again used um, ritualistically um, in many indigenous communities but we first use it to purify and welcome in spirits guidance and essentially that allows us to clear the energy of the space without any obstruction from any darker energetic forces um, and then when I first begin the reading, I'll start essentially connecting to the energy of the individual I'm reading for. Uh, I then connect to like a, a source energy and source energy is used to connect as a portal to their guides to essentially provide insight and advice within the reading. Uh, and then as I meditate over the energy, I'm, I'm usually presented with some type of channeled message or symbolism. So it could be visual imagery. Um, it can be even like song lyrics. Um, just repeated words, and, and that connects directly to their advice from spirit. Um, I often see the visual, the visuals as well of uh, the individual themselves, so in different scenes or even animals, animal tokens that have various spiritual meetings or hear words, and I'll connect that um, and share that, whether it's live, via video, or in written form. Um, and then to begin the actual reading, I'll ask spirit for clear, concise messages from their guides. I'll shuffle the deck and I'll present it to the individual to cut. So if it's in person or if it's um, by video or written, I'll cut on their behalf, channeling their energy. Um, I'll then ask spirit their questions. So I would say um, in this instance, spirits, angels, and guides, please bless us with clear, concise messages for Steffi. Um, I ask that the messages serve Steffi on her path of highest good and provide her clarity and peace on her journey at this time. And then that's generally when I'll ask the client to provide their questions. So if the reading is written, the questions are asked in advance. But if it's um, video or live, I'll ask it within the reading. Um, if the question is related to another person of interest, I'll ask their initials or a visual or an image just to channel their energy um, or their guides for the reading itself. So an example of some of the types of messages I've received um, with clients from a reading, um, you know, uh, this is sort of a a way that I would sort of describe something that I'm seeing within the cards. I'd say, you know, your first question asked about maybe a new relationship you've just begun um, and your guides sense that you share a very strong emotional connection, but you're having a challenge expressing these feelings fully um, and you want things to progress naturally, but maybe feel nervous that you don't have clarity in their feelings and this creates a desire to control the outcome um, and that your guides ask you to pause, enjoy this connection, what it brings to your life, including the growth you're experiencing by addressing what causes you to seek this certainty. So you're really being encouraged to allow the natural flow of uh, this relationship um, while being sure to assess its fit for you and your needs and the importance of you getting your needs met in addition to your partners. Um, but ultimately, you know, I see this being a relationship that's formative, um, a divine partner that you have the potential to create a life with. So I'll share this, the reading, I'll, I'll continue to go through the process of reading cards based on the questions that are provided. And then once I answer all the questions with spirits messages, if not presented within the reading, I'll channel the most likely outcome and advice cards to support the reading with something that's actionable. Um, this helps bring the outcome to life, um, but it also requires, as I mentioned, and as we discussed earlier, you know, the client um, taking this actionable insight um, and then taking action against it as encouraged in order to sort of bring it to fruition. And then lastly, I'll usually share uh, any other messages that come through throughout the reading as closing messages, ask them if they have any further questions or require clarity to um, just fully understand the messages provided. And, and sort of lastly, thank them, thank their guides, um, source of course in the heavens for allowing us the opportunity to connect um, and wish them the best on their journey. 
So that's sort of a reading in a nutshell. So do clients need to come to a reading with specific questions in mind or can they come to a reading just sort of like, I just want to know what spirit or source has to say to me? It can be either. I've, you know, I actually really, I, I cherish the readings in which someone comes and is very open and receptive to any and all messages because that's often when you get the most interesting messages presented. Um, when someone just says, I'm fully receptive to what spirit has to say, um, I get a myriad of, of, you know, circumstances with someone being very open to someone being very direct and saying, I want to know exactly what's happening on this day with this individual um, and providing like a really clear yes or no. So I've done both, but you know, tarot can really provide you insight, um, in a way that could allow you to sort of even broaden your perspective. If you do just ask a more general question or yes, it can provide sort of a spiritual confirmation of something more direct. So it could be either way. So interesting. Cause I, I almost feel like based on our conversation that like, being open to some of those more general messages might almost be more effective. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but just like <laughs> based on like what you were talking about with like, you know, this isn't like fortune telling, like this, you've <laughs> got to be open to like the different possibilities and within yourself. Like I, I feel like coming with a very, very specific, like, is this going to happen on X day at X time would be maybe uh, just more, maybe more limiting than, saying like okay I'm, I'm open to hearing what the universe has to tell me about x situation or just about where i'm at in my life in general i mean this has become where you said you were partially witchy i'm starting to think like <laughs> tell me you're intuitive without telling me you're intuitive stuffy i like the way that you describe what you're just what you just mentioned there is this this principle of expansion right and um allowing ourselves to be open to and receptive to what the universe wants to co-create with us or the divine. Um, I, I know you said that you had sort of a, a like a religious history, a background or upbringing. Um, often cases, uh, there's a there's different language used, you know, whether you say the universe, whether you say the divine, whether you say spirit or source, it all refers to sort of source energy. Um, but there's uh, this fixed outcome perspective in which you can get answers and confirmation, but it's not as helpful in order to, to your point, seed growth and expansion and allow you to really grow and develop. And for me, that's the most fulfilling and thrilling part of being on the spiritual journey and connecting with others and, and helping them along their journey is helping them expand. And, and, you know, we're all meant, we're all in a process of, of, of constant evolution and growth. And that's, what excites me and, 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 you know, is really nourishing to me when I work with my clients, when I can see them grow, when I can see them being open to those possibilities, because often I think we have this idea of the way that we want things to go or, or how our life should evolve. And when you have this fixed idea of, of how you, of what you define as, let's say success in an air, in your career, or even, um, nuclear family or, um, in a specific relationship, we have this, this fixed idea and we said in order for me to be happy and maybe that's determined by a societal construct or, or some type of ancestral teaching or even just, you know, the way that we are raised, um, we develop this idea of what is what we want and what will make us happy. You know, we, in many cases we get to that point and we've created this, this very fixed or rigid outcome 
and we're not necessarily fulfilled when we're at that point. It's like, it's almost as if, if we were open and receptive to a different way to experience the world, we could have had maybe something much more fulfilling or, or just expand to be able to experience things that were even beyond our imagination. So I think this allowing of receptivity is really crucially important um, and just being open and curious, you know, and I think whether those, whether the, you know, listeners are, you know, very much into this sort of spiritual world or if someone's like very much an open skeptic, um, just being receptive in all areas of our lives is a very positive practice. So I think that it's something that's, that's going to allow you to have a reading just be more fruitful because you can take that and, and actually use it as, as a guideline, but to unlock your gifts. So, you know, it, have you have you done any exploration, you know, subsequent to that reading as to like better understanding your gifts in this area? Like, have you ever felt um, when you're in a conversation with someone that you did understand how they were feeling or almost or even had like a vision or a visualization of something um, at a certain moment in your life? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't dug like super deep into it, but I definitely I mean, I'll definitely be like having conversations with people and like I just... I can often sort of sense what people are feeling. Um, I have had moments where I'm like, oh, I think that I think that this is a thing that's happening. And my friends are like, you're insane. That's like not, you're reading too deep into it. Like whatever and then <laughs> the thing happens. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just saying that I told you that I thought that this was a real possibility and hello, it happened. Uh, so. <laughs> Cut to you just as a fortune teller, crystal ball. Like. <laughs> I mean, we also talked about how I'm an Enneagram one and I like, I'm always right. So it's fine. Uh, I, you know, this is fine. Intersections of all, of all things in my life. But, you know, I mean, Love you're it. talking about, you know, I mentioned I, I was raised in a church and, you know, I was raised in a church where tarot, like, th this would not be a thing that you would talk about. Like, it would be like, this is, that is witchcraft. You do not talk about it. That is not, it's not okay. Like, you've got to stay away from it. Um, and, but like, the more I have deconstructed and the more I have sort of brought in my ideas of God and spirituality and all of these things and just brought in my faith in a lot of ways um like I think about like when I was growing up and thinking about like prayer and like you know that that prayer was this very like okay you're going to pray for this thing and I'm going to pray for an answer to this question and like I just don't think that that's how prayer works like <laughs> At, at its core and maybe it's because I have lived enough life and I've prayed enough prayers that just like straight <laughs> up did not come did not happen um, and that everything went a completely different way um, so maybe it's just the way that my life has taken me but I don't think that that's how prayer works and but I don't think it you know like I think when I think about like how my my understanding now of prayer and like the the idea of like you know the divine spirit the universe whatever like it's kind of speaking to you they're really sort of one and the same of like mm -hmm. what do I feel like I'm being guided towards like where do I feel like I am being comforted from um, where do I feel like I'm being pushed to grow in certain areas like those are the things that I that I think about when I think about like prayer or talking to God or you know whatever um, who in many cases I just ended up talking to my mom but it's you know a whole other topic <laughs> of conversation um, but um, yeah so I don't know it's it's such an interesting like there's such an interesting intersection to me of these things because I think that um, in so many ways like the church wants to segment and like put 
walls around so many of these things, but I, I don't think that that's the case. I think that there's blurred lines in when we're talking about spirituality um, and that it doesn't have to be like one thing or the other. Absolutely. I, I, I like w the way you describe the fluidity of it because it allows it to be defined or interpreted by you as the individual. Um, and I think for me, when I think about um, the church or, or more organized religion, I, I, you know, I have a little bit of a, a, a visible reaction or, 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 you know, just given some of the some of the history and some of the some of the areas of maybe not being so inclusive to many different groups. So for me, spirituality is is allowed allows me to be able to connect with with source and spirit and 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 be able to have that element of feeling connected to this larger spiritual realm but without feeling um part of a club that sort of excludes you know certain individuals exactly. or other individuals but exactly but i what i would love to hear ladies your thoughts on because you describe sort of connecting um you know to your mom and you know to those who who have maybe passed on from our lives i mean to have either of you felt um, that you've been able to connect to um, someone from your ancestry or, or do you believe in the fact that we can connect to somebody, um, you know, in our, our ancestral line? I totally God, I haven't, I haven't explored that. I totally believe it, but my mom never comes to me in my dream. She always goes to her best friend. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, truly though, like her, my mom's best friend will call me and she'll be like, Oh, I saw Julie in a dream last night, and like she called, like she called me a couple months ago, and she was like out of the blue, and she was like, "I saw your mama in a dream last night, and I'd been a while, and I said, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in a while," and your mama said, "I know, I've been hanging out with Steffi and Eden, and watching Eden Aww. grow up, and like, I, you know, and like I'm like, okay, in well heaven. she could come to me and tell me that directly, rude." Um, but Maybe I mean, she just I knows do. that she's going to tell you. <laughs> I guess she just knows that she was going to tell me. So, like, I don't know. I, I definitely believe it. I definitely believe in that. And do you believe that when we, you know, what are your what are your thoughts? I mean, this is a the heavier topic, but do, what do you believe in terms of what happens when we pass on? Do we believe um, there is an energetic, you know, residual energetic uh, sort of being that that is transmuted into something else are we reincarnated into a completely new soul like what are what are your thoughts on it and again there's no right answer right this is all part of sort of like you said this the self-defined mm -hmm. journey of self-exploration and exploration of the spiritual world um for me i i believe there is something and the reason, so the reason I believe that is when I was a kid, I, whether I was awake or dreaming, I don't actually know, but um, I would think that I saw my grandmother sitting, standing at the foot of my bed. Oh, and you're one of those creepy kids. Yeah. Well, my grandmother <laughs> died when I was like a month old, so oh, wow. I never met her ever, and so... That is why I believe like there is something that be that is beyond. I'm not sure what it is. That's so powerful. There's, there's I'm so yeah. powerful. That's so powerful. I love the 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 for me instantly like I felt like a like a cooling and a sensation or even when you described like her sitting at the end of the bed, there's a sense of like being aware of missing out on you growing up. Mm -hmm. And feeling the the desire 
to connect with you, you know, even through the 5D, which is sort of fifth dimension or like the spiritual realm, to be able to be part of your life. And, and the fact that you were aware of that as a child says that we may have two super witchy women on the pod today, or three, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I fully, ent- I like would not be surprised someday if Eden is like, oh yeah, I've been talking to Nana Julie all of these years. You heard me talking in my bedroom. You thought I was talking to Pooh Bear. No, 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 no. I was having conversations <laughs> with Nana Julie all this time. So I would like not be surprised about that at all. I, my, I, I think that my like conceptions of the afterlife and heaven and, you know, however we want to think about it. Like, I think that that is constantly evolving, but I absolutely believe that there is something. I believe that there is a world beyond this one. Um, and I mean, again, maybe it's because I need to believe that because of the people in my life that I have lost and I need to believe that I will see them again. Um, but I, that's sort of my ongoing discovery and understanding of the afterlife, I think is constantly evolving, but I, I definitely believe that there is something there. Well, well, what, and what you described too, in terms of your, your daughter, I mean, many cases, kids are so receptive to past life energy, to, you know, like spiritual energy in general, because what detracts us or what obstructs us from being able to connect is this, you know, this ability to suspend disbelief. You know, we grow up, we get to a certain point, we, we decide on maybe a traditional path or a non-traditional path or whatever the case, and then we, we, we grow with varying levels of skepticism as we age. And part of that skepticism is, is thinking, in order for me to understand something, it has to be tangible, I need to be able to see it. But, but kids are, the beauty of their imaginations is like, it's, you know, impossible to describe because they see and feel and sense without this obstruction of like, you know, this, this aging sort of evolved version of self where we have to ground ourselves in a material reality in order to feel safe. And they don't think in those terms. They think in technicolor. They think in and that anything is possible. They think that Santa Claus can go around. And again, I'm not, if there are any, you know, if you have any youth listeners, I don't want to. <laughs> I hope I don't. we don't. Okay, we already uh, had a whole conversation about that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of debunk that myth, but I will say that, you know, that ability to connect is, is something that's so powerful. And, and what I also do in many cases this journey to reconnection with self in many in in a lot of ways is in parallel path to this journey to reconnection with who you were as a child, and who you were as a child was this very yes and meant you know you probably put your fingers in the light socket and you know maybe you fell down the stairs even though you knew it was slippery and you did it all over again and you know made a lot of those sort of silly mistakes but you also were um, just like pure and expressive and creative and and brave and unafraid and playful and just took chances and i think that that's what i try to have my clients connect with as well because that same energy is the energy that can connect you to your spiritual journey because you truly believe you don't believe in these constraints this rigidity um and you you have this idea that sort of anything is possible and that you can create anything for yourself even that that energy itself is very nurturing and nourishing right because it 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 prevents you from having those doubts that maybe would actually cause you to not achieve you know what you said with those possibilities that you had mentioned earlier. So do you both, are you both familiar with sort of inner child healing or this idea of like my younger self? Have you ever done that? If I could say something to my younger self, what would it be? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I've been in plenty of therapy for that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, 
Check my bank statements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, it's, it's interesting because as we're sitting here talking about this too, I, I even like, I'm thinking about Eden and her older sister. Like, so they, you know, we live two and a half hours away from her birth family and, and from her sister, but like, there will be days like, Taylor and I call it their sister Juju. Like it is just like they are the same energy. Sometimes great, sometimes not great. But like these two girls will just like have the exact same energy, like mirroring each other. On like Taylor and I will text each other and be like, "Yo, is your kid like just an absolute like nut job today? Because mine is like or whatever it is." Um, and so like I even feel like there's just this like energy between people, whether you're with them in person or they're uh, hundreds of miles away from you like just they're the the idea that like we are i don't know i just feel like the i this like idea that we are just our own person and we're encapsulated in our own like little bubble like it just feels so limiting to me because i've seen so much to indicate that that's just not the case mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and i think i what people often the first um level of awareness or consciousness of the fact that we have this interconnectivity especially on, from an energetic perspective is usually full moon cycles so people or full moon so people will say you know on the full moon um people have to there tends to be this erratic energy there's more accidents and statistically that's actually proven that there's there's more car accidents there's more of these like large pivotal um sort of um seismic life events that are taking place and shifts um, on that full moon um, period. And then this new moon cycle, so basically ushering in of this new fresh energy, they actually show, you know, more people traveling, more people giving birth. So, you know, there's an energetic alignment of the collective, this collective consciousness we're all connected to. And then to your point, within your own energetic fields, those that we just share this, this soul bond with, that we really have this connection with. And, you know, you two, you said you've been connected for, you know, along your journey for a lengthy period of time. You know, I, I'm sure you both, share that ability as well like you have that telepathic connection where you, you probably you know in some days would know when the other maybe wasn't having um <laughs> the best day or or is uh feeling like their energy is off like would you say that you you two have that connection between each other oh absolutely. i mean earlier Steffi said we were like the same like we share a brain we are, <laughs> we are very much like two halves of the same person Yes, 100%. Yes. Well, that's perfect. It's perfect for a podcast. I mean, you could not get a better podcast if you're like, okay, one brain, and you, you're probably always on the same wavelength. You can always anticipate what the other is about to about to share. So that's actually probably literally the perfect science for this yeah. format. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh my gosh, this has been this has been such a great conversation. It's been so enlightening and so interesting. Um, so, you know, if people are interested in learning more or if they would like to get a reading from you, how can our listeners find you? Yeah. So um, in terms of those who are interested in a reading, really, if you're looking for guidance, if you want to reveal, you know, who you, who you were, who you are, who you're becoming, if you need support to make decisions or, you know, extract life lessons or wisdom or self-awareness, you know, I provide readings on a multitude of topics. So anything from love and romance um, career path readings, um, past life regression, ancestral healing, even just helping define your soul's purpose. Um, as I said, I've helped, you know, over 300 clients and my clients have a wide range from all walks of life who are really just trying to understand their journey, identify their, you know, the path of highest good and, and the steps they need to take to really align to that path. 
Um, and if you're looking to book a reading with me, you can follow me on Instagram at Mercy Me Tarot. Um, there's a link in the bio that provides you all the information you need. Um, you can also follow me on TikTok, uh, YouTube. Um, and if you do have questions or even if you just want to learn more, if you just want to say hi and connect, um, send me a DM and just say, hey, hey, soul sister. And we can have a chat, um, not even to book a reading. I'm always honored to connect um, throughout my journey and be able to share this journey with others. Um, it's been so nourishing and so nurturing to me. And um, I feel that that's, part, that's arguably our largest purpose is really just to be able to connect better with ourselves first, but also with others along this path. So you could follow me, as I mentioned, on Instagram. That's where I'm most, uh, that's probably where the largest audience I have is and where most people connect with me. Um, and I hope to see you ladies there as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Mercedes. It was, it was so interesting. It was so great to talk to you. And I know that I learned a whole lot. Oh my lot, gosh, so. learned so much. Yeah. So <laughs> as you know, we end each week with uh, what's bringing us joy. So Mercedes, what is bringing you joy this week? So, you know, there are so many things that for me, I am encouraged by that bring me joy. I know I shared this, this story with Steffi and I'll try to be brief, which is as you both know at this point, it's not my traditional style, but um, <laughs> you're like, this podcast was seven hours. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I had, a, unfortunately, I had a car accident on the weekend, but, and you're like, okay, wait, she did not the, understand the assignment here. It's a joy, joy question. But, but, so hear me out. So I, so generally when you have an accident, and for me, this was a hit and run. So the first instinct is to really like question humanity and the depravity of humanity and to think, you know, our people X and actually it really renewed my faith in humanity as um, when this took place there were it was in an area around my neighborhood there were many individuals that sort of ran out to see if I was okay a snowplow driver almost took out half the street basically just to come and see if I was okay I mean the the police officer who came was so wonderful I mean every person I've connected to has just been so supportive I had so many friends reach out to see if you know, see if I was okay, many clients as well. And again, I'm, I'm consistently uh, reminded of the beauty in, in humanity. And, and that really brought me a lot of joy. What are, what are your ladies, uh, joyful moments or moments of joy this week? Mine, mine is, mine is much fluffier than yours. Um, <laughs> Unsurprising. Like mine is much fluffier. Um, so I recently, like, I, I don't know, since Christmas or something, uh, discovered uh, a local maker. Uh, her shop is uh, Clay Girl Hay. Um, she makes uh, Palmer clay earrings. And I am oh, wearing wow. a pair of her earrings today. They are, it's super rainy and gross here today. And so I put on my rain cloud earrings. They're little clouds. <laughs> and they have different uh, colored raindrops coming out of them. Oh my God, um, I love it. And Eden always loves them because she likes to like look at them and tell me what the colors are on the raindrops and stuff. But uh, I just felt like they were the perfect like rainy day brightener earrings. And I love that she's a local maker. Um, I'll you know make sure to tag her shop in uh, the quick links uh, in the show notes. Um, but yeah, uh, love her. I also, I got Megan and I, uh, conversation heart earrings around Valentine's day. Mine say fuck off and Megan's say go. So. <laughs> well, first of all, can I just say before we move on Megan, cause I really want to hear yours, yours as well. Steffi, you can't, you can't cue us up like that and not say clay girl. Hey, clay girl, you just can't. Hey. <laughs> 
my gosh, I'm obsessed. I need to go get myself some of these earrings. Playgirl, hey. She's very cute. Yeah, yeah. She'll, so she'll cool. like pops up uh, for any local listeners. She, I think she sometimes uh, does some pop-ups. That's how I found her. Um, but she also has an Etsy shop. I also Etsy think shop. A, I think she's a teacher, like, full-time. Um, so oh. it's always nice to support a teacher and their little side. Oh, thank side you, teachers, for everything that you do. Thank right. you, honestly. Right. <laughs> right. Megan, what's bringing you joy? Um, over the weekend, we as a family had uh, a lunch out. Usually when we go out to eat, obviously it's like dinner time and we don't go to restaurants that much anymore right now. Um, but we went to a new to us restaurant and it was really lovely. Like everyone was just like, you know, like you've been with my family, Steffi, like sometimes my kids are crazy. But like, we all shot. really in, we all really enjoyed our, each other's company, Aww. in like a really lovely way, Aww. and it was just really nice to like be out with the family and enjoy a meal together. And the food was really good too. So I haven't been there yet, so I was gonna ask you how the food was. So. Uh, it was good. It was really good, and it's now Max's like favorite place. We've been there once, and he's like, "When can we go back?" Oh my gosh, you need to you need, need to mention it so they can become the official the official lunch and snack sponsor of the pod. Oh my gosh, uh, it's, the name is Shannon's, and they like do um, I don't know like down home Midwest standard, Shannon's, like, you know, with sandwiches Shannon's? and soups and stuff like that. It's not like anything fancy at all, but it's it's good. It's love solid it. stuff. Yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah. amazing soul food, soul food for sure. We'll be back next week with another new episode. So until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bye.